in 2018, for the first time since Randy Moss and Chris Carter, all the way back in the, in the year 2000, two Vikings receivers recorded 1,000-plus receiving yards in the same season, Adam Thielen and Stefan Diggs. In April of 2018, the Rams acquired Brandon Cooks through a trade from New England Patriots. Brandon Cooks became the first player in NFL history to notch three straight 1,000-yard seasons with three different teams, the Rams, the Patriots, the Saints. On the other side of the field, Robert Woods was consistently productive his first five seasons. He really upped his game with the emergence of Cooks, setting career highs in targets, catches, and receiving yards. He had 1,219 receiving yards and, and touchdowns. Career high, six touchdown catches. Robert Woods took 13 weeks to get to 1,000 receiving yards. Brandon Cooks took 12. Looking forward to 2019, this offseason, there couldn't have been more excitement about the Cleveland Browns with new star Odell Beckham. It was exciting to see Beckham and Landry reunited, former LSU teammates, in their final season together as, as LSU Tigers. Odell Beckham and Jarvis Landry combined for 136 catches, 2,345 receiving yards, and 18 touchdowns. These pairs are so much fun to watch. Electric. It almost brings college football to the NFL. And now we have a new pair. Mike Evans and Chris Godwin. Welcome back to Huddle Up, a football podcast. My name is Tony Dyer, and you can find me on Twitter at Commissioner Mister. It's a Tuesday edition of Huddle Up. Today, we're going to be taking a look at elite pairs of wide receivers on the same team, but mainly Mike Evans and Chris Godwin. We're going to discuss how it materialized, if it's repeatable, and what's to come of Jameis Winston. Week 14's in the books. As far as injuries go, week 14 was a real doozy. That's something that might come up on the Thursday episode. I don't want to get too far into the list of injured players. Today, I at least wanted to address one of them. I think it's statistically important because of what Mike Evans has done throughout the first several weeks of 2019. Mike Evans left in the first quarter with a pulled right hamstring during the Buccaneers' 38-35 home win over the Colts last Sunday. He's not likely to play against the Lions. He's having an MRI on his muscle. According to TampaBay.com, the Buccaneers' website, I'm sorry, head coach Bruce Arians said he considers Evans very doubtful, but he's holding out hope that the receiver season is not finished. He said that Evans recovered quickly from the same injury during OTAs, Evans left with a quad injury before the third preseason game. Played for the opener two weeks later. Evans is durable. I looked back. He has started 60 of 61 games, dating all the way back to 2016, and he's missed only four games throughout his career. The statistical re rele relevance here, the importance of it, sorry for stumbling over my words, it's early on a Tuesday, is that both... Mike Evans and Chris Godwin are leading all receivers in the league except for one. Michael Thomas is the only wide receiver ahead of this pair in measurable stats. Michael Thomas has 30 additional targets and 200 more yards. 
Outside of that, Evans and Godwin are among the best wide receivers in football this year. Evans, Evans has had a decline from last year. It's to be expected. He had 1,500 yards on 86 receptions. You have to expect that. This coming into the offseason here, the 2019 season, Godwin was a name that everybody was really quietly expecting a breakout from. Here it is. Last year, Godwin played just six games. Now, Godwin has 1,212 yards. What an amazing pair of wide receivers. I mentioned that Mike Evans was down significantly. He's still over 1,000 yards. Still over 1,000 yards with three weeks to go. If, if, if Mike Evans was not injured, if he had three more games, I don't think he'd be down significantly. I think he'd only lose 100 or 200 yards. It's just the, just the way that it is. He's hurt. I wanted to get out ahead of this before the stats get lost in all of this because certainly... Certainly, Mike Evans will fall down the leaderboard with three games to play. I don't think Mike Evans is coming back. When you see a player reacting the way that Mike Evans was reacting on a non-contact injury, you know that there's something wrong. They know something that we don't know. They know. I don't know how they know. Maybe that's a question that I'll ask later. I'd be really surprised seeing Mike Evans grabbing his leg the way he was, seeing Tampa Bay's record, knowing that they really are not... They're not playoff bound. I'd be surprised to see Mike Evans rush back. So I wanted to compare what was happening in Tampa Bay with Mike Evans and Chris Godwin to what happened in the other offenses, the 2018 offenses. So it's kind of old news, okay? I'm sorry. But I think it's important because 2020 is coming. And I want to know what to be looking for. Let's start with Minnesota. Stefan Diggs, Adam Thielen, leading the league last year. Who were the other pass catchers available? Eh, kind of limited. Not reliable. Let's look at Kyle Rudolph. He's a permanent fixture of the Minnesota Vikings offense. Just signed to a new deal this year. Kyle Rudolph only found the end zone four times in 2018. That's his lowest total in four seasons. Played 88% of Minnesota's offensive snaps. Minnesota also carried two other tight ends on the roster, notably good blockers. David Morgan was one of them. He played 11 games, and in the games that he played, Minnesota rushed for 108 yards. In the five games he missed, they ran for an average of 59.6 yards. He's a blocker, not a receiver, okay? Tyler Conklin, that's another tight end for the Minnesota Vikings. Probably hadn't heard his name. Conklin only played 146 total offensive snaps as a rookie. So there you have it. Dalvin Cook and Alexander, and I guess it was Latavius Murray at that point. Dalvin Cook, Latavius Murray. Not exactly. Mostly Latavius Murray, by the way. Dalvin Cook was returning from an injury. Really, really delayed season. Latavius Murray was not known as a great pass catcher. Can, by the way, can pass. I think he can receive the football. He can catch it. He's shown that a couple of times in St. Louis when Alvin Kamara was not able to play. That's not the point. Not a predominant pass catcher in the Minnesota offense, okay? Two tight ends. Neither of them, three tight ends, neither of them were predominant in 2018. That leaves you with two viable, consistent, reliable receiving options. Okay, great. Now we know. The targets go to two guys. Let's look at the Rams side. 
tight end position. Gerald Everett, 2.1 receptions a game in 2018. Tyler Higby had 24 total receptions throughout the year. That was the year that Todd Gurley caught the ball. But remember, that was also the year that Cooper Cup fell short to an injury, an ACL tear, I believe. Okay, that checks the boxes because O.J. Howard's been a disappointment. I'm tying three teams together here. Try to stay with me. I don't want this to get too confusing. I'm sorry. But I'm comparing Minnesota, 2018, the Rams, 2018, to the Buccaneers, 2019. Howard, O.J. Howard, has been a 2019 disappointment, to say the least. I'm sorry to tell you this, but I saw that coming. Head over to DynastyNerds.com. I wrote an article that said a tiger doesn't change his stripes. Why Bruce Arians doesn't use the tight end position. Since Bruce Arians' first official head coach position in 2013, until the end of the 2018 season, tight ends and Arians' offense have totaled 275 receptions. That's across five years. 53 a year. Three a game. Rob Holzer, another name you probably haven't heard for a really long time. Rob Holzer led all Arians tight ends with 39 receptions in one single season. O.J. Howard's currently on track to hit that exact number, 39 receptions for the year. After what looked like a 2018 breakout campaign, falling short to injury, O.J. Howard's on track for 39 receptions, fitting right into the Bruce Arians model. Good. Tight end position. Just check that off the list. It matches. And it's not going to change, by the way. Bruce Arians isn't going to wake up tomorrow and say, oh, we need to throw O.J. Howard the ball eight times a game. That's not going to happen. Let's look at the quarterbacks. In 2018, Kirk Cousins completed 70% of his passes. That's pretty good. 30 touchdowns, 10 interceptions, just shy of 4,300 yards. He's on track to an identical stat line in 2019. Jared Goff, 2018. 65% completion percentage. 32 touchdowns, 12 interceptions. Not quite as good, but still very close to Kirk Cousins. 4,688 yards. Similar. On track for same stats this year, by the way, except for the touchdown interception rating. Way less touchdowns this year. And before I go on to Jameis Winston, I did just get a notification from Jeremy Fowler, ESPN senior NFL writer. Covers the Steelers and more, he says on Twitter. So I don't know what he's doing covering Tampa Bay, but Schefter retweeted his tweet. Buccaneers wide receiver Mike Evans expected to miss the rest of the season, per source. Barring unexpected improvement on hamstring, Tampa Bay will be without a top wide receiver. Technically, because I said it like three minutes ago, I can write that in the I told you so column. That feels good. On to Jameis Winston. Winston will almost certainly finish the season with the most interceptions in the league. He's on track for over 5,000 yards, though. 32 touchdowns, 28 interceptions. Whoa. No doubt in my mind, Winston's six ahead of the next closest interception leader. If that's a stat, is that a stat you want? Interception leader? No doubt Winston's going to be number one in interceptions. But he makes up for it by being number two in touchdowns. Two touchdowns behind the 2019 MVP Lamar Jackson. 
Yeah, I said it. I'm going to say it every time. Lamar Jackson for 2019 MVP. There's no other quarterback in the league like Jameis Winston. He ensures it's, it's so much fun to watch. Even with the games with four and five interceptions, it's fun. I can assure you that the Buccaneers and whoever they play are going to put points up on the board. That's fun, right? Right? But there's real risk. There's real risk when you throw that many interceptions. There are not very many quarterbacks in NFL who can get away with throwing as many interceptions as they throw touchdowns and not in the playoffs. I think Jameis can get away with it, though. I think he's going to continue to get away with it. Here's what Coach had to say. Listen to what Coach had to say after after Tampa Bay beat Atlanta 35-22. to 22. That was a team win in all three phases. Mm-hmm. Was it pretty? Mm-hmm. Damn right it was pretty. <laughs> <laughs> it was pretty. Get better, man. One day at a time, one game at a time. Family on three. One, two, three. Family. You're damn right it was pretty, he said. On... Um, on a football life that featured Bruce Arians, I think it's ESPN feature. I live life and I call plays the same way. No risk it, no biscuit. That's Bruce Arians. I live life and I call plays the same way. No risk it, no biscuit. Now what they're laughing at, what they were laughing at in that recording was Jameis Winston's the only person in the room that shook his head side to side when coach asked if it was pretty because Jameis knows that he did not have a very pretty game. That's my only concern with Jameis Winston. He needs to own it. Because coach will allow an awful lot of mistakes. He's going to let a lot of things go down that shouldn't, that shouldn't normally be accepted. But when you're pushing the ball down the field, as far as Jameis Winston does, it's going to happen, guys. It's going to happen. I live life and I call plays the same way. No risk it. No biscuit. Jameis finished that game with 108 QBR. Threw two interceptions that game, 108 QBR. Listen, Jameis Winston can sling the football. That's, the, that's just the reality of it. He can throw the ball. He's got some inter- interception problems. But despite all of that, Tampa Bay is a 6-7 and seven football team. That's good enough for a home playoff game, depending on which NFC division you're in. Their next three games are winnable. The Lions... They're playing on the third-string quarterback. The Texans just crapped themselves against the Broncos, lost by 14 points. The Falcons are currently 4-9. They've got nothing to play for. They already got beat by Tampa Bay once, and now they've lost Calvin Ridley for the season. We could look up, and, and Tampa Bay could easily have nine wins, despite Jameis' interception problems. He just needs some help. This is going to work. I'm telling you, this Tampa Bay team can work. And in 2020, that's when we're going to get our answers. We're not going to know anything right now. With all this QB uncertainty around the league, Cam Newton, Mitchell Trubisky, although recently he's played well, Tannehill supplanted Mariota. Where's Mariota going to go? Is he going to go anywhere? Is he going to be a backup? Are one of these teams that need a quarterback going to take him? I don't know. But already, there are plenty of quarterbacks on the market. Derek Carr, we can talk about that too. Although that's a little bit messy. Derek Carr's building a house next door to, the, next door to uh, Coach. I don't know what the future is going to be for Jameis, but I expect him back. I expect Jameis Winston to be the quarterback of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in 2020. I expect him to be better. I expect them to be better. 
and we better not sleep on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Thanks for listening, guys. My name's Tony Dyer. You can find me on Twitter at Commissioner Mister. I'll be back on Thursday, and I'll be joined by my friend Corey, as I'm always joined by Corey on Thursday. Find him on Twitter at Wilkie Wonka FF. We'll have the bets of the week. We'll cover some of these injuries. Can't wait. <laughs>